Why did I mention that? Because <laughs> my ear was bugging me so much, I couldn't, I couldn't communicate. I couldn't think about anything else. I, my, I know I have a tendency to be a little OCD, and that pushed me like, to completely like, and I can't imagine these people battling these terminal diseases, these illnesses, and, and having blindness, and then being able to clearly hear what the Lord is saying. And maybe for others, life is going on all around you with, without any kind of interruptions, without the sense of something divine happening. Maybe it's just another kind of talking head. If you ever, you know, turn the channels of, of the news, it's like so many people are screaming so many different opinions that it's hard to, hard to notice something special being said. And the miracles have people listening, though. They're listening uh, is followed by Philip. What he's saying is proclaiming the good news of Jesus, and the result is there is great joy in the city. And whenever there's supernatural kind of occurrences, there's usually weird people gathering around, or let's just say, when there are unique supernatural experiences, there's usually somebody around who's trying to capitalize on the moment. Now, I loved Lifelight, you know, through all the years, but I did get uncomfortable with, during the worship gathering, people going around selling you glow sticks. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're all, like, focused on Jesus and, you know, he is for who can be against me. Glow stickster? Yeah, sure. Three dollars? Thank you. Oh, glowing for him, you know. <laughs> I don't know, the, the Christian t-shirts, the, the outrageous food prices seemed to, like, the presence and the power of what God was doing attracted people, and with that masses of people attracted another group of people trying to profit from a group of people, you know? And I'm sure the marketplace of downtown Samaria was popping during this time, and revival is happening, and and on the meat cart down in the local, you know, uh, what would you call it, uh, marketplace, all the dried beef sticks were gone, and you couldn't find a room at a hotel or a hostess or a little, you know. And now that the official miracles are being talked about to others, you know, this person got healed. This, remember this guy who was paralyzed? Remember this guy who demon-possessed his family? He's perfectly normal, and word travels. When miracles happen to real people, the people who know those real people know somebody else connected to that family, and then they go like, I knew him when he's that way. You, and everybody else knows of these notorious people in their family that are out of control. You know that person that comes to your family gathering that you go, oh, no, this could get out of control, you know? And then totally, they're totally restored and back to, the, like, the best person that they could be. And that seems to kind of have this chain reaction to draw people around. When the Brownsville revival broke out, some of you that have Assembly of God long-term uh, background uh, know it generated waves of interest. And I'm sorry about the quality of the photo here, but, man, I had such a hard time finding something of high quality because this was 1995 to the year 2001, so it was long before the Internet or our cameras and things, so sorry about that. The church, uh, though, hosted, they said over those six years, some two to three million people that came to their church to worship for nightly services, like six nights a week that they had church services, passion, repentance, incredible worship times that became normal. 
And of course, amazing stories begin to spread across the country, especially in Assembly of God circles. And it was all the talk about how God was pouring out his spirit in this Assembly of God church in Pensacola, Florida. And as the months of special meetings turned into years, um, in the early years, their sanctuary wasn't that big. It was less than 1,000 people, so they'd, they'd pack tr- nearly 1,000 people into there and then into the overflow, and people waited in the hallways, people who stood outside. Um, I'm not sure that I would have believed that people would wait in line for church uh, like that all day and, and if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. So for our summer outreach, we took a group of students. I think we took like 40 students from Wisconsin, and we went to inner city Miami to work with Rich Wilkerson and do outreach on the streets of inner city Miami, which is a really cool place because they have in their department of the church, they, give, they, they are able to give out food stamps and social services. Their staff have become social services employees by the federal government. That's how impacting of a social network, the church and the government is working in inner city Miami. It's kind of really cool. And so, but we go down there to Miami and we're going to do this outreach with them. And we went, let's spend a few days at Pensacola Revival to make sure all our students are saved filled with the spirit, on fire for God, and ready to be missionaries, and then we'll go a few days and do this outreach in Miami. So it was kind of a cool plan. So we went on one leg and stopped by the Pensacola Revival, where we got in line at 8 o'clock in the morning for church that night to make sure that our students could get a seat, and they barely got a seat. Because when the doors opened, these Christians rushed in to the church throwing elbows, jumping over each other <laughs> like it was a, you know, Beatles concert in 1960 or like it was Elvis Presley or Christians scrambling for a seat. And like in just a couple minutes from the time that they opened the doors, whew, the whole place was packed. There wasn't an open seat. And then the, the you know, church doors were kind of blocked off by these really nice revival security guards with anointing oil in the form of a pepper spray bottle. No, just kidding. So I can't imagine when people are paralyzed, blind, deaf, the kind of revival here in Samaria that was not just like what's going on the inside of people's hearts, like radical manifestations on the outside of their bodies. And that Philip is preaching, and these miracles are happening, and there was every variety, not specifically mentioned here, but demon-possessed, it does say great shrieks, where people were set free, that paralytics or crippled folks, uh, I'm sure they, how, how did they get there? How do you get a lot of crippled folks there? Probably people carried, you know, they, there probably wasn't a lot of wheelchairs and remotes, you know, kind of things, or, or vans with little tidy little drop-down things that could get people there, but uh, that people went away from these meetings, walking and leaping and praising God, I'm sure. It was a tremendous time of revival. There was a great turning to the Lord, and an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and at the same time, some really harsh warnings because those crowds had gathered some folks with impure motives, some folks who wanted to better their lives, some folks who wanted to capitalize on all that God was doing in the supernatural with some real impure motives that we're going to talk about. Because you you can believe, evidently, Because Simon here that we're going to read about says he believed. But at the same time, Paul says you have uh, bitterness and sin in your heart. 
you're, you're not out for the Holy Spirit filling here. You're out for what's going to make you look better, be better. You're going to capitalize on this in some way. At the same time, God doing beautiful things in people's lives. The enemy is trying to uh, uh, corrode and corrupt and disrupt. We stand together. Lord, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. Would you continue to work in our lives dynamically by the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ as we bow before you today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amazing what you have done. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. We're going to look to the Lord with his tithes and our offerings. Dennis, Doug, Jim coming to help. Thank the Lord that he's continuing to work in and among and through us. And uh, I get the privilege quite often of reading the little reports from the missionaries that we're sending out and around the globe. And uh, I need to make those somehow maybe available. Maybe we could could start some kind of e-alert, too, because they come to me a lot of times and just Carol, maybe people who would like them forwarded, uh, we could just chain send them to you but if you don't want more stuff coming to your inbox uh not worried about it so but if you just probably ask carol we could probably start some kind of loop it's great thank you lord for the way you've worked through us and how you've given so much to us you're asking for the first part the best part and may it be not just the first and best of all that we earn but of all that we have of our our time, our energy, our talents, our musical ability uh, used by you, our ability to watch and love on kids used in the rooms and making coffee. God, the best of, of what we can do, may it continue to be given to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you have a prayer request. You just want to kind of been plugging up your brain. And I always believe that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, reminding you in this moment to place your trust in the Lord. So, Lord, would you hear around this room the meditations of our heart, the concerns, the things that are clouding our mind that we think are even distracting our worship, and we just bring them to you again, Lord, uh, and submit them that your will would be done. Uh, we have our ideas, Lord. Uh, we, we are limited for some of the people that we're thinking about, that some of the people we're worried about. We are limited, but they are your children, and you are working on them 24-7. And uh, we just pray that you would surround these friends, family, loved ones that we are so concerned about and uh, continue to rescue them like you rescued us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Smile at the person next to you. If you're in your own section, look across and smile at somebody. Like everything that draws a crowd, folks seem, there seem to be those that are trying to capitalize on the moment. Big crowds usually draw lots of people that aren't necessarily connecting with what's going on, but they're interested in the fact that there's a going on, you know? Brianna, I made that slide for you, so just make sure you peek up. 
There's lots of people that are interested that something's going on, but they're not interested in what exactly is going on. Does that make sense? Acts 8 has this rebuke for those concerned about getting from God and missing the point of getting God as the prize. It's a harsh warning at the same time, a liberating idea that every follower of Jesus can have supernatural power, not just a few. Because here's Philip, and, and we've seen Peter, and these followers are laying hands on, and, and that these empower, incredible, powerful things are happening supernaturally by the Spirit. And now it's beginning to spread to every believer. It's an intriguing incident here in Acts chapter 8. Verse 9 says, Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed people, the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. Interesting. That a person has such magical capabilities, such supernatural capabilities, but they're not from God with a capital G. <laughs> they're from the gods of this earth, it seems. But they've called him the great power of God. Verse 11 says, They followed him because he amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. Right in the middle of this revival, a crazy story about another miracle worker or another magician, we should say, who's nicknamed the great power of God. And when I looked into those words, it was Megas Dunamis Theos, like mega dynamic God. <laughs> but when the when they believe Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. Simon the sorcerer believes and is baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere and astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John down to Samaria. They sent a couple heavyweights down to check it out to make sure everything was in order. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in hope that he might forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Simon is harshly rebuked by Peter for missing the point. Have you ever wanted a, a little child to see something? Like, I'd pick up a baby right now, but they'd probably cry, you know. 
you know, a little one, let's say like, uh, you know, six, eight months to kind of 12 to 14 months, depending, somewhere in there. And you're holding a little one. Let's say you're on the back patio deck and on the back patio deck in flies this beautiful butterfly that lands on the corner of the deck and you're holding them by on the patio by the table and the, you know that deck railing's like four or five, six feet away from you, the butterfly. So you're like, look at the butterfly, right? You say to the little one, and the little one goes, right? goes, and you're going, look, the butterfly. And they're, but, and their, their hand, you know, they're a couple feet away from the, they can't see it. They're, they're caught up in your face. Your, they're reacting to your facial expression. They're excited because you're excited. They point because you point and they still don't see what they're pointing at. It seems like Simon is captivated with the manifesting power of the Holy Spirit and is missing the genuine goal of restoration, being caught up in the salvation that God has sent a rescuer in Jesus Christ. And humankind is back in relationship with God through Jesus. That repentance is turning away from the old life and appears Simon's not interested in turning away from the old life, he's interested in an upgrade on his magic skills, an upgrade in his, you know, he, he sees, you know, maybe he's evaluating this like, I used to be somebody in this community, I used to be, but now there's a greater power alive than my sorcery skills, and I'm going to be left behind. And he wants to continue to amaze people, it seems. We, we don't get a lot of extra dialogue, so I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, surmise too much, but right in the middle of the revival fire is somebody trying to buy the very gifts of God. A very popular person in the community, we, we do know that to be true, and wanting to probably stay in the middle of the action where it's now a Holy Spirit Jesus movement. movement. And the average believer now, by the laying hand on the hands and by the power of the Holy Spirit, has greater power than the great power of God that they knew, Right? They knew the great power of God is this sorcerer, Simon, in their community. And now every believer in the name of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is now going to be walking and breathing and moving with the miraculous power of God in their lives. And you don't have to buy it. You can't buy it, but it's free to all. And not hinging on any man but Jesus. Carl mentioned when we were having breakfast together at... Um, Josiah's, by the way, uh, P.T. Barnum's statement, there's a sucker born every minute. The blessings of God cannot be bought or sold, but people sometimes are suckers, aren't they? And they will pay money to have someone tell them that a star in our galaxy has been named after them, right? Like you can... Send 25 bucks, $15 in, and then they'll tell you which star in the universe has been named after you or your loved one or your friend, right? I mean, 
it's a little bit embarrassing to buy it, but I kind of get it. Like, <laughs> but if I was to ask what's the dumbest thing any of you bought here ever before, I do know someone who bought dirt that was supposed to be from the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. <laughs> They bought dirt in a little container, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when I was in Israel, I grabbed rocks from where the creek bed was and put them in my pocket and brought them back here, and I gave some of them to you, and they were cool little soft river rocks, and they were from the same creek or ravine right near, somewhere near the place where David grabbed the rocks and killed Goliath, right? And the guy, I grabbed a few rocks, and he goes, you know, we have to bring those in. I go, what? Uh -huh. He goes, yeah, everybody wants rocks from the creek bed where David Goliath, come. everybody comes here. And so these rocks are gone, uh, uh, you know, every year they bring truckloads of new rocks in to spread along this area because people travel from all over the world. They all want to go to Jer Israel, Jerusalem. They all want to go to where David killed Goliath and they all take a few rocks, think they're really slick, just like you, put them in their pocket, walk away and all these rocks end up gone. And we bring truckloads again in. Bring them in, Steve. <laughs> I was like, so I got these there anyway. I get it. We're sentimental. But the word mental is a part of that. Okay? <laughs> Think, keep in mind. It's part of it. Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that nothing you have said may happen to me. And after they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. It's hard to know what Simon's prayer meant. You know, was he saying, pray for me that none of that happens and that, that, you know, that I am repentive and that, you know, it's hard to know if it's a concern for himself or it's just like self-preservation. Please pray that nothing bad happens to me. But it doesn't matter. But what, what does matter is there is a warning here for us. That being amazed by the signs and wonders, that believing in Jesus as this, Messiah as this miracle worker, as this one sent from God, doesn't equal faith in Jesus. Faith is the evidence of things unseen, Hebrews 11. And maybe when we're evaluating how good a church service is or a ministry is, and we're, we're evaluating it by the band by the song selection, maybe maybe we're just as guilty of just seeing the finger, you know, of the little baby, of like, oh, and we're missing the point. It's kind of like when you go to a Christmas musical, it's a great classical one, or there's a Christmas Eve, let's say, there's a big, your school does a Christmas program, and, and all the kids are there, and and they're singing about Jesus and Savior's born and angels we've heard of, glory to God in the highest and all that stuff. And right. And it's the kids Christmas musical and everything's about the Messiah has come. And then you get in the car and you're debriefing like Did you see that kid in the front row. <laughs> you see he's. Did you hear that the microphone wasn't on? Did you, you did you see those those ki two kids were singing the wrong song at the wrong time or something? You know, and you 
you're just laughing at the the chaos of the moment to the moment and and even in that moment you can find yourself just like you're missing the point yourself of why you tried to gather these kids together to inspire a group of people about the goodness of God that he is he has sent a savior into the world we're all guilty of that we can miss the point of the great book or the great sermon the the drama we saw it's right in front of us when the point was relationship with God. The point was connecting through Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me? Lord, we don't want to be guilty of the same in this place, of missing the point of why we're gathering. We're gathered here today to, to, to echo our thoughts thanks that a savior came into the world that you have opened our eyes up to the truth that we have found the miracle transforming power of hearts that were wreaked in bitterness and sin and you have renewed us and you have called us out of darkness into the light you have cre created in us a new desire a desire to honor God in our lives. And it doesn't make us better. Lord, we're, we're nothing. You're everything. Help us, Lord, to, to get the main point of why you came. To not impress and why your spirit falls upon us is not so that we can impress, but that we can share the goodness, that, we, that, that, that humanity has been rescued by an all-consuming, all-amazing God and His plan and His Son, Jesus, releasing His Holy Spirit. Lord, would you... I, I do pray that the Holy Spirit would rest on us in a dynamic way, that there would be opportunities that are right in front of us, even this day, to speak in the name of Jesus the healing, miraculous power, the restoration, the renewal, that it could all work through us together and as we go our separate ways. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated for a moment. Melody asked me for the microphone, and so I knew what she was up to because she didn't want to tell me what it was, and so here you go. All right. As most of you know, um, October is Pastor Appreciation and um, Ministry Month, and so I've made it... Um, my goal to at least during this month to make sure our pastor Laura and Rochelle know how much they are appreciated because I don't know if you all know they are doing this free of charge they do this for free they do this out of the kindness of their heart and that is a big sacrifice I don't know that I could do it so if we could have Laura and Rochelle and Pastor Lance come up here please and also their families too they give up a lot to um put up with, you know, the calls they get and the things coming. I hold them to yours. So if you guys want to just reach a hand out and we're going to pray for our leaders that do this out of the kindness of their heart and just bless them today especially. You can bless them all throughout the year, but today especially, okay? Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for the leaders of our church. I thank you for Pastor Lance and the responsibility he has taken, his God-given gift to... Um, share the word with us and to be there for all of us any time of day or night to 
fix things, pray for us, um, go to the hospital and visit, and just all around, plus do his daily job. I thank you for the fam- these families that give up time for their loved ones to be available. I thank you for Laura, the fact that she is a wonderful worship leader and is so used by you to draw us into worship before Pastor Lance brings us the word. And I thank you for Rochelle as she teaches our children the gift that she has to teach children in a way they will understand. I pray that this this month today, throughout the year, you would continue to bless them and help them feel your presence in their lives. And we thank you so much for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you, Laura. I go along with it, but um, I think there should be a taxi driver appreciation day, a law enforcement appreciation day, uh, a Mother's Day. Wait, there is one. Father's Day. Okay, wait, there's one of those. But... United States Marine Corps Day, Frito-Lay Chip Driver Day, Farmer Day. Um, so I'm, I'm just like one of you. So uh, just another person trying to live and follow the Lord. So, but thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, me too. Wow. Yeah, we'll keep their family in prayer. Let's pray right now. Father, you know uh, the work and the ministry that uh, Toby Mack has had, traveling, speaking the life of Jesus, and now we, we know he, their family needs the presence and the peace of God to surround them, to uh, not let the enemy turn this into a, a bitterness that destroys, but oh, oh, that, they, that they could celebrate the, the 21 years that Whatever's happened, Lord, we pray that your healing and your power and your comfort and your touch would surround their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Toby Mack was one of the three guys that was DC Talk for for a couple of decades, and then he's been on his own doing stuff for decades. He's one of those guys like Michael W. Smith. He's probably like 80 years old, but he seems like 25 yet. He's cool, young. All right, let's stand together. May the Lord bless you and walk, walk with you and go with you. Have a great day in the Lord and in his presence. That's it. Love you. See you. Bye.